Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What? What's going on, everyone? It's Taylor Kaus here for CLNS Media, and it's Packers Week in New England, with the team heading to Green Bay soon for joint practices on Wednesday and Thursday, culminating in a preseason game on Saturday. So to get ready, we're going behind enemy lines for a better idea of what this 2023 Packers squad is looking like. And to help me out, I'm joined by Locked On Packers, Peter Bukowski. Peter, how you doing, brother? I'm great. This is this is one of those preseasons for for Packer fans. Like this is as excited as I think fans have been in a while for a team because there's so many young young new faces, which makes it really complicated for Patriots fans trying to catch up. Because it's like, wait, who's this guy? Where did he come from? How how am I supposed to know him? And the answer is, you don't yet. Especially, dude, I was looking at the draft class. That's big enough. The Patriots had a big one as well. But then I looked at the undrafted rookie class, which is even bigger. We'll get into yeah. that hall. Uh, but before we get into the nitty gritty, first. For myself, I'm going to be there for joint practice in Green Bay and for any other Patriots fans that are going to be in Green Bay. Can you give us some good spots to hit? Because I'm not too I'm from Chicago, so I'm a neighbor to Wisconsin originally, but I'm not too familiar with the Green Bay area. All right. So Kroll's is the, the staple answer. And it's one of those places where everyone is going to tell you to go there and everyone is right to tell you to go there. Now, there's two locations, Kroll's East, Kroll's West. This is like the Bloods and the Crips. Like you have your side. <laughs> I personally do not have a side. I, my, my, my grandma lives near one of them. It's the one not by the stadium. If you're going to go and you're going to be there for joint practices or, or the game, go to the one by the stadium. That's totally fine. And then they've, they've done a really great job of building things up by the stadium. Like when I started going, you know, I grew up, I grew up um, going to games when I was, you know, in elementary school, it was nothing. It's, it was, it's crazy. It's a neighborhood and then Lambeau Field. Now there's a little more corporate and there's some really cool restaurants around there. One of them that is incredible, Hinterland. Beer, food, it's awesome. Um, and then just as a, it's not a restaurant, but the Packers Hall of Fame, mm. it is absolutely worth seeing. It is such a cool thing. Um, even if you're not hardcore, you know, a Packer fan, mm. it's just a piece of history and so much of, early NFL history, right? Is Packers history. They've right. been around for a hundred years. Um, so is the NFL. So the Packers celebrated their hundred year anniversary a year before the NFL did. So that just gives you an idea. <laughs> so much of Packers history is NFL history. So um, that is definitely a, a must hit. And I have to tell you in 2014, I, I was there. Um, one of the last times I was at a Packers game as a fan, actually mm-hmm. for Packers Patriots. And okay. I have always said that is Mike McCarthy's coaching Mona Lisa. He was incredible in that game. That was an amazing match. And, and it was a terrific game. And Bill Belichick yeah. gave Mike McCarthy a ton of props for that game as well. But in the in the parking lot before the game, we met some Patriots fans. And they were just like thrilled to be there. Um, they were so nice. They they were just like, it is, it is really just a cool experience to be at Lambeau, to be in Green Bay. And so I just like, if you're going to go, Enjoy it. Packer fans are, it's the preseason. No one is there to hate you. 
it's fine. Like the people in Green Bay are awesome. So just just in, enjoy a really truly unique experience in the NFL. I'm so excited to get there, man. Because there's OGs and then there's the Packers. Like you said, they've been around longer than the league itself. So that's going to be a great experience, man. I can't wait to get down there. Um, all right. So now get into the nitty gritty. This offense, like you said, a lot of new faces. Obviously, Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers. Young receiving core with this offense. Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson obviously got a lot of work in last year. How different does the offense look, though? You know, you kind of expected, I feel like, now that you're moved on from Aaron Rodgers, it was a really RPO-heavy scheme last year. Now, especially with who they drafted, it feels like they're going to become a really heavy running team. So how does this offense look from a schematic perspective in terms of differences? And how do the young guys look and how are they meshing? I don't think schematically it's going to be that different. Um, okay. and, and Jordan Love has said that. Matt LaFleur has said that. Now, that doesn't mean the run pass ratio is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. um, I, do, I don't think it is, but I also don't think they're going to become, you know, a Ravens 55, 60% of the time run team. I just don't think mm -hmm. that's going to be who they want to be. I don't think that's who Matt LaFleur wants to be. I think they actually have a pretty good understanding. They have, you know, not the most robust analytics staff, but they do, they get into that stuff. They get into the analytics. And I think they understand this, this run versus pass value proposition that exists. Um, but I think what you're going to see is some of the staple Shanahan tree offense stuff that Aaron Rodgers just didn't love some of the naked bootlegs and play action stuff. Like if you go back and you watch the 10 attempts that Jordan love had against the Bengals, I believe five of them were play action. Yeah. So we're talking about half his attempts are play action throws. And I think two of them, two of the other ones were quick game. So it's going to be some stuff that you're used to seeing around the league. Everyone is running these concepts now. Um, you're going to see them deployed in, in a different kind of way, though. Green Bay, actually, and this I, this actually surprised me when I saw this stat. Last year, they were among league leaders in two tight end formations. And that was with Mercedes Lewis and Big Bob Tunyon, who are not there anymore. So what did they do? They go out and they use their second round pick that they got from the Jets on Luke Musgrave, um, a, a guy that they are... And, and you're going to see it, uh, Taylor, like he, Tom Pelissero called him the biggest fast guy I've ever seen. He moves in a way that tight ends are not supposed to move. Yeah. And, and maybe Patriots fans won't be impressed because they've seen Rob Gronkowski for so long. And, and, you know, Aaron Hernandez before his life went totally off the rails was also a pretty unique athlete at that position. But there was a, there was a day where, by GPS, the fastest pass catcher on the field for the Packers was Luke Musgrave. Christian Watson ran 4-3-2, I think, 4-3-6. Right. Jaden Reed ran 4-3-9, and Romeo Dobbs ran 4-4s. And Luke Musgrave was the fastest pass catcher on the field at practice that day. Watson that just gives you an idea of the movement skills that this guy has. And then they go out and they get Tucker Craft, um, South Dakota State, who was a running back in high school. Mm -hmm. He's got run-after catch ability, blocking ability. They're going to play heavy personnel a lot. They moved Josiah DeGuara into this sort of H-back role. Um, think Kyle Juszczyk in his deployment. And then they're going true fullback. Henry Pearson is this rookie from, uh, from Appalachian State, was a tight end in college, but is, is playing. He's got a 40s number. He's playing fullback now. So, um, and, and they're going to, they're going to use a lot of these personnel advantages to try and create, I think, clean pockets for Jordan Love. Go that 12 mm -hmm. personnel, let's go heavy play action. Right. And then if teams are going to live in these two high safeties, 
you have to be able to attack them downhill in the run game. And so you're still going to see that element from this Packers team. And then that actually reminds me, Emmanuel Wilson had himself a hell of a performance, six carries, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, what have you seen from him? Because obviously the Packers have a pretty good one-two punch, obviously, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. But where do you think he fits into that mix? This this was his breakout campaign. I mean, th there was not much buzz about him in spring ball, in, in training camp, but he is a, a very compact runner, explosive. Obviously, we saw that, his ability to make cuts in tight windows. It's not always about having that that 4-2 speed. Like, that's mm -hmm. not the running back position. And so he he has got a unique frame. Like, he is, he's got the, the Packers running back room has got some really interesting body types because Taylor Goodson or Tyler Goodson is like 190 pounds. Aaron Jones is like 212. He is just, if you just saw him in, in life, you'd like that guy is just like professionally in great shape. He's absolutely cut up. And then AJ Dillon is this hulking guy, huge, broad shoulders. He's got tree trunks for legs. And then Emmanuel Wilson is this sort of short squatty dude. He's built like a fire hydrant, but he's got enough long speed. I think ran the low four mm. fives. But so did Aaron Jones, and he's a breakaway guy too. In the open field, he can create those chunk plays. This is this is a running back who I think is going to push for that third running back spot. And interestingly, Matt LaFleur said he hopes to give each back, and I, I think each meaning Patrick Taylor, who's the other, he's the holdover, Tyler Goodson, and Emmanuel Wilson, an opportunity to get like a half of play, just like a showcase. Emmanuel Wilson crushed his showcase absolutely went out and destroyed so who are we going to see this week is there going to is it or is it just emmanuel wilson they're going to give him another shot to earn this running back three drop tyler goodson has been doing some jet motion stuff some gadget mm -hmm. stuff some returner stuff can it can is that enough to make the team i don't know but this running back room has a lot of interesting um types after your top two and so it's going to be a lot of what what can they show in pass protection what can they offer on special teams and we'll see, but they're going to, they're definitely going to be, you know, in the third and the fourth quarter, the Patriots are going to have to keep playing defense because the yeah. Packers have plenty of running backs to make them pay if they don't. Absolutely. So with all this, the downhill run game, the diverse running backs, as you said, a lot of heavy personnel, how do the receivers work into that mix? Cause obviously they drafted Jaden Reed, who's one of my favorite guys in the draft. He's explosive. Mm -hmm. I think he's great at the catch point. We saw there was one pass was low behind him went up and grabbed that after creating a lot of separation. Do you see it being like, all right, two receivers and then he gets mixed in, or do you think he's just going to be the guy in three receiver sets? How's that going to work out? So uh, part of this is, can he, can he show the ability to play on the outside? He's, mm -hmm. he's undersized. Although interestingly, the Packers have traditionally wanted, wanted receivers who are at least six feet tall, but they'll dabble in five eleven, mm -hmm. and they want you to be one ninety five. They, they went outside their, their, thresholds for Randall Cobb, mm -hmm. but they drafted Jaden Reed who played in college, I believe at 189, and he's in that 5'11 range. But in his opening press conference for the Packers, he said, yeah, I'm getting closer to 195. They want me at 195. So, and he showed up to camp looking, looking really, really like he's, he's added some muscle, not, it's not bad weight. He's, he's again, he's got that thick lower body. And so he's after the catch explosive. I don't know if it's just the, the number. He, he has that little bit of a Brandon Cook sort of look to him in the way mm. that he moves. 
he he's definitely faster than in than I than I realized. I think watching him at Michigan State because he had so many of those contested catch situations. Yeah. Part of that is college quarterbacks stink mostly, and so uh, receivers, even if they're open, the throw all of a sudden they're not open anymore because the mm-hmm. corner had time to recover on a bad throw. But you're you're right. He made that great catch over the middle. That was from Sean Clifford. There were a couple other plays he was just open, and Jordan Love didn't throw it on the on the deep ball to Christian Watson. If if you know Jordan Love didn't like the look there, or or you know doesn't trust Christian Watson on the outside, guess who's open on the bender? It's Jaden Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had a little uh, those play action slide plays that everyone runs. Yeah. Reed was the outlet in the slot, and if Love doesn't like what he sees front side, and he did, and he made a nice throw, and it worked. Jaden Reed might score if he if he throws it to him because everyone had sort of overrun the play and the flow was if you just get him the ball, like just a little far shovel, um, he might score. So he's definitely going to be a part of this offense. He even got a jet sweep touch in the preseason, which I was kind of surprised by. It's like, don't, don't give away the good stuff in preseason. <laughs> but I think they just wanted to give him some work. He's definitely your slot receiver. So it's mm-hmm. going to be Christian Watson on the outside. It's going to be Romeo Dobbs on the outside. And then it's going to be Jaden Reed in the slot. If Jaden Reed is going to do more, it's going to be because he can show that he can play on the outside. Mm-hmm. And that that's he's a long way from doing that, I think. He's going to start in the slot, and then they'll see if if they can move him some outside. I'm, I'm a little dubious of that, but we'll see. So more like a Z receiver role, you're thinking, when he is outside? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can choose your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gamblinghelpma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Um, but but if you even if you go back to when Randall Cobb was here in, in the Mike McCarthy offense, he almost never played outside. He did a little bit as a rookie and they were like, yeah, he's just not built for this. And then Matt LaFleur shows up and they get Randall Cobb and guess what? He never played outside. So my guess is he's going to be a slot only type player. And then it becomes, okay, how often are they in 11 personnel? How often are they in these true three wide receiver sets? And then how is he being deployed? Is he just going to be a jet guy or is he actually going to be allowed to go and win? He he's, he had a, a nice preseason debut and then on Sunday, the Packers practiced because they had a Friday game and stacked a, another really nice practice on top of the game. So they they really like what he brings. He's a different type for them. The the I, I always call it the geometry of the offense. Mm-hmm. It really fits right now with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, who's more of a route runner, kind of. He can win at the catch point too. And then you have that shifty Jaden Reed, who also can give you that vertical element. All three of those guys can get vertical but they, they really fit in terms of complementary skill sets. And that's been a big thing in the Matt LaFleur era. If you go back and look, yeah, Devontae Adams makes, it fits with everybody. But then you have your, your goon in Alan Lazard, who's a big power slot, who can do all the things in the run game. 
and Marcos Valdez-Scanling, who's that speed guy. Well, now mm -hmm. you have different skill sets but and different guys, but it's still complementary skill sets. And that's a that's a big thing for these Shanahan tree offenses. You want to you don't have to have three elite guys, but it's nice to have three guys who have elite elite traits at something, and that allows you to make this offense work. All right. So we've been talking about a lot of young guys figure to contribute pretty early. Now to move on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. This was a talented defense that unfortunately suffered from injuries and it really affected their impactfulness, particularly the run defense. You look at you lose Rashawn Gary, obviously massive loss and it really seemed to affect the run defense because this is the team that likes to do a lot of too high and a lot of quarters where those edge guys are really big and keeping things contained. Lo and behold, they get Lucas Van Ness. What have you seen from him so far and how do you think he's going to fit in that rotation? Cause they also got Preston Smith or Sean Gary coming back. How's he looked? Yeah. So Lucas Van Ness was someone who I, I thought was going to benefit a lot from the pads coming on. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden in, in camp before the pads even come on, all of a sudden he's running with the ones because he's making plays. And so if he can win with his quickness and his explosiveness, which he has, he won in college with power. Just mm -hmm. absolute raw horsepower, which he has. He has mm -hmm. in spades. I mean, he's 6'5", 275, and looks like he was chiseled by, you know, by a, a Renaissance master out of marble. <laughs> um, and he's still learning the, the mechanics, the polish, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. But just on pure ability, he's making plays. We haven't seen him kick down inside. He did that at Iowa. That was actually where he started. He was playing three tech at Iowa two years ago. He's someone I, I talked to his offseason um, personal defensive line coach, Eddie McGilvera, who works with a number of NFL players. And he was like, he texted me in the pre-draft. So before the Packers even drafted him. And he's like, I'm working with this Lucas Van Ness kid. He is going to be unbelievable because he doesn't even know yet how good he is. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't have a full grasp of what his potential is, but I'm telling you, he can be one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And this is before the, like, this is before I know him from Kenny Clark. He works with Kenny Clark. So he and I have had this relationship and before the Packers even took him. And then when the Packers took him, I was like, yo, they got your guy. And he's like, I'm telling you, this guy is it. And yeah. so it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. We saw some flashes in the Bengals game where he's winning off the edge. Um, one on a, on a TE stunt where actually it was meet at the quarterbacks, him and Brenton Cox, both um, on that same side. Brenton Cox is another guy to watch. Um, mm -hmm. Went was, was a former um, five-star, went to Georgia, started as a true freshman at Georgia, mm -hmm. led the team in sacks and TFLs, and was such a disaster from an attitude, personality, off-the-field standpoint that he got kicked out of the program, was, was their best pass rusher at Georgia as a freshman, got kicked out, and went to Florida, and was their best pass rusher and got kicked out. So this is a guy who is supremely talented. If he has his head on straight, if he can just like, you know, 20, 21 year olds, it's that's, that's a tough age. You yeah. gotta, you gotta grow up a little bit. Like I'm sure you and I did some dumb stuff at 20 and 21 that we wish we hadn't done. And we didn't have the, the potential to, you know, be a, a professional athlete like he did, yeah. or I'll speak for myself. I didn't. Nope. Uh, Makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you had going on, but um, and so if if he can get his head on straight a little bit, they have a player who has a ton of talent. So it, it is um a really young group. We're talking about all these young guys. Lucas Van Ness has been flashing. Devontae Wyatt in year two now as a defensive lineman. 
he's he's been outstanding. Another one of those guys who just like, please just keep your your mentals right, and you can be an extremely disruptive player. They have these other two rookies that they 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 took who they really really like, Colby Wooden from Auburn and Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Just got to mention Carl Brooks. Yep. Carl Brooks, a three hundred pound true defensive end at Bowling Green, and an apropos school because he is a bowling ball of butcher knives just this big a body type we don't see in the nfl anymore kind of a throwback to the 90s like the 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 reggie white body type just like Mm -hmm. six five 300 pounds we don't that 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 guy plays defensive tackle in the nfl now or at least five tech something like that um and he played on the edge he's playing inside for the packers polish hand usage like he seems to me like a bill belichick type all day Um, and so, uh, he's, he's already flashing. Colby Wooden is already flashing. Almost had an interception on a screenplay. Just did the defensive lineman thing where it's in my hands. Oh, sorry. It's not in my hands anymore. (laughs) This is why I'm Um, on the line. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of young talent on this defense. They're going to go, they're going to go as far as this young talent can bring them. Cause we know Jair Alexander, all pro Russell Douglas has been incredible to open this, this summer. And he was really good. I still don't know how the Cardinals were like, we can't use this guy. He's on the practice squad in Arizona and the Packers picked him up in 2021. And he has half an all pro season really. And wasn't as good last year, starting in the slot. They moved him back outside. Guess what? He played really good again. Like he's a really good player. Um, and you know, Quay Walker in year two, exciting Devondre Campbell, 2021 all pro season. We know what Kenny Clark is just an absolute stalwart on the inside. So it's these young pieces. They're going to decide how much better this defense can be. When can Rashawn Gary come back? I think that's, that's an interesting question. He's already been activated. Um, We'll see how much work he's able to do this week in joint practices. He's not going to play, but can he get some, some teamwork in? That would be, that would be encouraging to see. This is as talented a defense as there is in the league. The question is, yeah. can they play to that talent? They didn't last year. And you mentioned, you touched on the secondary a bit. They lost Adrian Amos. Did you see that as a significant loss for them? And how are they going to replace him? It hurts me so much. It, it really does, Taylor, because I loved Adrian Amos as, as a free agent. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, if the Packers can sign this guy, it's a home run. They signed him. And guess what? For two years, it was a home run. 20, three years, really, 2019, 2020, and 2021, he was as consistent and reliable a player at any position as the Packers had. Mm-hmm. And truly in 2020, at the end of that season, as impactful as any any player, that, that combination of Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos was terrific. I think they were pro football focused highest graded safeties in the second half of that 2020 season. Um, and last year just fell off a cliff. Um, both Savage and Amos were were bad like mm-hmm. bad. And that was really disappointing to see. And so it wasn't surprising when they let him go. What was surprising is they did nothing to replace him. I mean, not mm-hmm. actually nothing, but something approaching nothing, like pick a number less than zero, but less than one. Like that's sort of what they did. Like Jonathan Owens started in Houston last year, um, had a rough start to his preseason campaign last, uh, last week against the Bengals, um, but is married to Simone Biles. So he's already ahead. And uh, he right now is their starter next to Darnell Savage. Tarverius Moore is a backup from San Francisco that they brought over. He actually, I thought, played really nicely against the Bengals, but has not had, you know, a super strong camp. And then Anthony Johnson Jr. is the rookie there. Um, Had a nice game against the Bengals, but again, has had a quiet camp. I think he might just be a gamer. 
Like he mm-hmm. played corner. He started his career at, at Iowa state as a corner thought was played nice at corner played well at corner and they moved into safety because they needed someone to play safety. And they were like, Hey man, like, can you do this? And he said, sure. So he's still figuring the position out. It would make sense to me if he is a gamer type where it's just like, I can just go out and play on instinct. Mm-hmm. Whereas in practice, you know, I'm still kind of learning the ins and outs of playing the game, but once the lights come on, I can just go play. Uh, but they, they didn't do anything to replace Adrian Amos. And so these are the guys that are having to come fill in a seventh round pick and two back really preferred backups. That's not really ideal. I'm surprised they didn't use more draft capital over the last few seasons. Had it been me, the guy that broke up the Christian Watson deep shot against the Bengals, Dax Hill would have been who I would have preferred over someone like Quay Walker. Mm-hmm. We'll see what Quay Walker becomes. They love his ability. They think he's started to take a little bit of a leap here in year two. But to me, that would have made a lot more sense because now you would have had someone, a versatile playmaker next to Darnell Savage. Whereas now they're trying to, you know, this this bailing wire and sheet metal they're trying to use to, to get this safety position together. And I'm I'm not I'm not encouraged or confident that that's going to work. So this kind of is starting to sound to me like a 2022 Jets situation, where like the front massive, super talented, athletic linebackers, super talented corners. But in a quarters heavy defense, do you think that the weakness where teams are going to try to attack is down the middle, getting those safeties in the one-on-one matchups where you say, all right, we're going to try to exploit these guys out over the middle or how close am I there? I think you're right on. What's interesting is last year at the end of the year, after the bye week, so after week 10, the defense played its best football of the season. And you can, you can look at some of the opponents and say, okay, but, but okay, but. Jared Goff was one of those guys. They played really well against Jared Goff. Tua was one of those guys. Yes, for a half of that game, he was concussed potentially. But some horrific decisions. And part of that was because the Packers started playing more traditional cover two, Mm -hmm. playing more squat corner, playing more press on the outside. And that unlocked what they wanted to do. So if you're going to do that, and now you're going to give Quay Walker, for example, and Devondre Campbell, a chance to patrol that middle of the field. We remember those Tampa two days, how important it is for those linebackers to come play the middle of the field. Well, the Packers have invested heavily in that place. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're trying to mitigate the need for them to play great. You look at that, that Rams team that won the Super Bowl, They didn't invest heavily in the safety position to do that. So I think that's what they're hoping for. But also, and Russell Douglas talked about this in her great piece with Rob Domofsky for ESPN, that the Packers are playing more man coverage. They're playing more press. Mm-hmm. And that was something that these corners wanted to do. They went to Joe Barry in, in exit interviews and said, hey, we want to we press more. We want to play more man coverage. And what's interesting is in 2021, they did with a rookie in Eric Stokes, who played really well as a rookie, and Russell Douglas. And in fact, mm-hmm. I think they were the two of the three best in terms of um, let me get this stat right. I think it was passer rating against in press man. Okay. So when they played press, those corners were really, really good. And Jerry Alexander can play pick a coverage. He can play it. Um, he's just, he can do tell you about he it. <laughs> yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so uh, he, they, 
they did that in 2021. And then in 2022, they played more off. They played more quarters. They disguised a little less pre-snap. And it made me wonder, was that a Matt LaFleur preference? Did he say, hey, we need to reduce big plays. Let's not be quite as aggressive at the line of scrimmage. Let's, let's make teams go 10, 12 plays, 80 yards, and live in this sort of Brandon Staley-ified Vic Fangio world where you're going to play too deep and not give up the big play. They just played way too vanilla last year. And in the second half, that's when that started to change. Press a little bit more on the outside, more squat corner stuff where Russell Douglas can, can bait you into throws. That was something Darius Slay was awesome at last year too. Let me play the squat mm -hmm. corner, bait you into thinking the flat is clear. And now I'm, I'm there to make the play. Right. So um, he tried to get Jordan Love on that and Jordan Love threw that cover to that cover two hole shot to uh, Aaron Jones that he dropped. Aaron is still talking about like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta make that play. Um, and, and I think those kinds of changes can be really beneficial to this team. Um, it, it is also interesting that you brought up the 2022 jets because this is a team that ultimately will go only as far as the quarterback takes them. Mm -hmm. And if Jordan love plays like, you know, Zach Wilson, this team's not going to go very far, but if he plays like Christ, if he plays like Mike white, like, I think this team could win nine. And, and by the way, the Jets last year, if Mike White plays the whole season, what do they win? Nine, 10 games, probably. Yeah. Um, I think the Packers are in that position now. If he, if he just plays like solid football, Jordan Love, um, like this team is going to be in the mix for a playoff spot. And, and I'm really excited to see them. I think people are too low on, on where the Packers are right now. Especially when you look at the Packers offensive line, great coaching. Obviously, they had some injuries last year, but coaching makes up for that more often than not. And they're loaded in the backfield, as we already talked about. So feel like they're already starting from a higher place than where the Jets were for a lot of last season. Now, going back into what we're going to be expecting for these joint practices, what are the one-on-one -on -one matchups that we should be looking for? Like, I need to know where I need to put my eyes. I know what Patriots I'm looking for. What Packers guy should be like, all right, he's got a one-on-one -on -one in the trenches or, you know, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one as a receiver or cornerback. I need to be watching this guy. I, I think for me, it's, it's the Packers tight ends against whoever gets matched up with them in New England because – the Patriots have have so many, and this has been a Bill Belichick. I'm not telling you anything you don't you don't already know, but it, it has been a trait of him forever to have some of these mismatch mismatch eraser pieces. Kyle Duggar is that guy yeah. to me, but but Jalen Mills now converted corner right. What is he going to do in those situations? Jabril Peppers um, coming in like against Luke Musgrave against Sucker Craft, who I have have been extolling their virtues. What does that look like when they're running? through the middle of the field or when they're doing one-on-ones or those kinds of things. I'm really excited to see that. And then, and then these corners against the Packers receivers, we, we saw it a little last year and it's, it's kind of weird, right. To be, to be doing this again, so close to when the Packers and Patriots just played, because it feels mm -hmm. like it's, you know, once every four years and, and that's right. it. But, you know, Romeo Dobbs at the end of that game, he clinched the game mm -hmm. because they couldn't cover him. And Christian Watson, I believe, scored a touchdown on an end around in that game. He wasn't really a fully, um, uh, he, he had not been fully initiated into this offense yet. Now he is. But the corners, the DBs, that's the strength of this Patriots team. So mm -hmm. let's see how they handle this young group of pass catchers that, you know, they had some some trouble with at times last year. Still had the pick six um, off Aaron Rodgers. So I'm interested to see that. And, and I can't wait to see that chess match in practice. I don't know what Belichick is going to want to, you know, it's practice. I don't know how crazy he gets. You can tell me better than, than I know, but Belichick against Jordan love 
just as a just as a sort of um, esoteric notion, like this this um, intellectual exercise. What is he What is he showing? What is he doing? Can, is Jordan Love going to be comfortable with whatever Belichick is throwing at him defensively? Um, I think that's a that's a fascinating thing to watch. But yeah, the the one on one certainly that I'm that I'm, it's Luke Musgrave against anybody, against whoever it is, and and Kyle Duggar is exactly the kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He is the tight end eraser, right? Unique athlete at his size to be able to do what he does movement skill wise. He was not someone I was high on coming out of the draft. I thought they reached to pick him up, and and I've been wrong. I mean, been flat out wrong about that. He's been awesome for them, um, and that is. That is one I definitely have circled. Like, okay, let's see, let's see what these two can put together here. I, I'm I'm really excited for that one. All right, Greg, I've been looking forward to watching these tight ends. Now, last question I'll ask you: Who are one or some under the radar players that people may be walking into these practices they don't know about going in, but who they should have an eye on? Number thirty-seven for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, number thirty-seven in your program. Number one in our hearts, Carrington Valentine. Mm-hmm. um as a little love joke there um <laughs> the between valentine and love the packers have valentine's day just like taken care of um puns galore. he, he <laughs> has been what'd you say puns galore <laughs> there you go i love a pun um the the play that he put on the field against the bengals i think he had three pass breakups and an interception um he's been a standout in camp size played at kentucky I don't know how he fell to the seventh round. I didn't, I didn't understand it in the moment. And all he's done since he got to green Bay is play like someone who is pushing to be on the field, even though he's probably no better than cornerback four on the roster right now, probably was cornerback five or six when, when he showed up in the spring. So he is someone who, especially as a press man corner, I mentioned that they're trying to do this more often. He, he looked like, a starter playing against backups against Cincinnati because the the Bengals had their backups. It's not like he was going against T Higgins and Jamar Chase and those guys. But so against the New England receiver room, that is, you know, they got some players. It's not like mm-hmm. it's it's totally bereft of talent. But can he look like he belongs against Devontae Parker? Can he run with Tyquan Thornton? Can he stick like let's say he gets matched up in the slot with Juju Smith Schuster? Can he stick on him in those kinds of situations? This is the next the next point for him, but man, he he has everyone in Green Bay really really excited about. Hey, we just got another one of these guys, and wearing thirty seven feels appropriate because the last guy who was a now he was an undrafted free agent who wore thirty seven and and was looking like this as a rookie. Well, it was probably Josh Jackson. Let's not talk about that. But before that, <laughs> he was a second round pick. Was Sam Shields. And he mm-hmm. and he turned into a you know a Pro Bowl caliber player. I'm not saying that that Carrington Valentine is going to be Sam Shields, but it does make you think like, hey, they've done this before. They've been here before with with a player like this, and it really worked out for them. This might be the next guy that they do it with. Peter, you got me even more excited than I already was for these joint practices. Thank you so much for your time. Now I want to open the floor to you. Anything you'd like to promote? Let the people know where they can find you. Everything. Yeah, Locked On Packers is the podcast for sure. Um, uh, the Leap.Football is our newsletter. We have Monday free newsletters. So if you want to get our perspective on what happened, but don't want to sign up for the newsletter, I understand. But check it out on Monday after the game, of course. And then understanding that Patriots fans are listening, not Packers fans. Locked On Sports today is, uh, it, it is a show I host. It is all sports. It is the biggest stories in sports. Um, in under 20 minutes, we have a network that is unrivaled in terms of the local experts that we have. Um, and so we we have um, great coverage of all the big stories in sports from the local experts every single, well, Monday through Friday 
Um, and it's, it's a really great resource. If you're just trying to stay caught up to everything, in addition to following your team, you got Taylor for your team. You can, you can come to me for everything else. Lockdown Network does fantastic work, as do you, Peter. Thank you so much once again. Thank you all for listening, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll see you next time.